And then at this point in time, I'd like to call up Stephen. Yeah, he's going to be sharing the word this evening. If we can all just stretch out our hands um, and just lift him up in prayer. Dad, thank you so much for Stephen. Thank you for his life. Thank you that you've brought him up until this point, Lord. Thank you that he's here this evening to share what your heart is for the congregation. We just pray that, Lord, you just come over him and give him the right words to use. That, Father God, in the spaces that he needs to speak into, that you give him the courage, whether it be dark spaces, whether it be, I don't know, controversial issues, or whatever it might be, Lord, that you give him the courage to be able to voice out what your heart is. And, Lord, I just pray for the hearts of the people listening, that, Lord, they hear you. They hear only your voice that they may be cut deep with your word, be moved to respond. We thank you, Father. In your mighty and precious name, I pray. Amen. Thanks, Leah. So it's, it's quite interesting. I saw now on the Jabez um, donations, one of the things that I know everyone here has and has in abundance is toilet paper. So... Bring, if you've been following news, uh, just a free joke for, for, for the dads in the house. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. I just want to say one thing before I jump into the word, um, just to echo something that Leo was touching on in the beginning of the service. It is a reality that coronavirus is out in the open and it's made its appearance in South Africa and it's, it is striking fear in a lot of the hearts of South Africans, not only South Africans, but I think globally. And I just want to say, just um, um, echoing something that Pastor Lewis, uh, Pastor Lewis said this morning is that the church is on top of um, all its updates and everything. So if anything, you know, changes or in terms of coming together as, as gatherings or anything, we will communicate uh, things through either email if you're on our databases or we will communicate through social media. But as for now, we will still be gathering um, as, as a church body for these local gatherings actually physically coming together. I'm not sure how it will look if things do change, but we're not going to stress about that and we're not going to put our, our emphasis on you know, the virus because as Leah said, that we've got a God who is bigger than the coronavirus and we serve that God. So I just want to say, if you are feeling any form of fear around this virus, I'm just going to say, just you know, use common sense, make sure that your immune system is up, eat good food, um, make sure that you're using hand, san hand sanitizer and all the normal things that we should be doing, um, you know, apart from any virus. So just carry on doing those things. And then also just respect people's spaces. If some people don't want you to greet them with a handshake or anything, you know, just say hi, you know, just keep your distance, man. Because if some people are, are, just want that distance, just use, just be respectful. And just stay wise in this time. I'm just going to pray for us and then I'm going to jump into a word because, you know, and one thing that Pastor Lee also said that I, I really, really believe is very vital for us to um, take note of is that as Christians, we shouldn't shy away right now. In, in a time where the world is going crazy and just everybody's in panic mode. But we have hope and we have an eternal hope as well. And we serve a God who countless of times in history has 
really done miraculous signs and wonders in terms of, I mean, even if you think of plagues and, and all sorts of these um, pandemics and, and, you know, you can go back into history and you can see all, all the crazy things that happened in history. But one thing that we know is that God has always been in control. And one thing that we know is that we do serve an eternal God who is over this world. His power reigns over this world. And we put our trust in that. So, Father, I just pray that if there's anyone in this um, building tonight that's, that's just in a space of, of fear around what could be and the what-ifs of coronavirus, Lord, Father, I just pray that you'll come alongside them and that you'll just strengthen them, Lord. I pray that your love will surround them because your scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. And, Father, in you we have perfect love. And in you we do not have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because you give us the grace to take tackle today. I also just pray that we will be a people who will reflect your glory and your light in these dark times. So give us the courage, give us the boldness, but most importantly, Lord, may your peace be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. So I'm just going to tell you a little story that happened to me last year because I thought it would be fitting. And it's a little bit of a vulnerable story, so I won't cry or anything, so you guys don't have to worry about that. But last year, it was around about November, I think it was a Tuesday, ironic enough, it was after a service rehearsal where God's presence was moving, which is just quite interesting. So after the service rehearsal, I was... I went home, and in, in the time, I was dealing with a little bit of a financial crisis, if you was, you know, because I was in the space of thinking about, you know, the things that I need to get sorted, you know, sorted out, the things that I need to pay, the things that I want to do, and looking at my finances, and I'm like, man, there's just no way any of this is going to happen, because it just feels like there's a lack, you know, and I was just in this space where I was constantly thinking about how, how am I going to get out of this financial situation? And I think a lot of us can probably identify with finances because finances is not always the greatest of topics unless you're wealthy. But majority of people are not in that space where they're, they're, most people worry about money. And it's a, it's a reality. And I was in this space where I was constantly stressing, like, Lord, how am I going to do this thing? How am I going to do that thing? And you see... What's going on in my finances? Where are you? And, you know, I was in the space for probably like a month or so. And I was just, I honestly felt so crippled by anxiety. I was honestly in such a, a space where I just felt this, I felt this heaviness weighing on me all the time. Because I saw my reality and I also saw um, a piece of my future or what I would like to think is what my future would look like. And it was on this Tuesday night that I went home. Everything was fine. I felt God's presence, and it was all great. And when I got home, I, was, um, I started eating dinner, and it was out of the, the most random times. I just started feeling uh, a massive headache coming on me, and my, my vision became a bit blurry. And I knew, okay, great, so I'm getting a migraine, because when I get migraines, my vision becomes a little spotty, and I can't really see that clearly. And I felt like my whole body was like tense. And then out of that, both of my arms started becoming numb. 
and my mouth was starting to become numb. And I was like, okay, this is great. I don't know if I should go to hospital now or, you know, because it felt very scary. And I mean, I think Nicole can even um, recollect what happened at that time because I sent her a message. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I don't know what's going on with me. And it was so real because I felt the weight of that anxiety. And out of feeling that weight of, of anxiety, I just, my body was, was just, it felt like it was shutting down. And, and then I was like, man, I need, I need to talk to somebody about this. I need to go to hospital. And, you know, and, and in that moment, there's a song by United Pursuits called Take a Moment. And the, and the, the chorus, the lyrics of the chorus came to my mind and, and, and popped up in my spirit. And, and I'll say it because I'm not going to sing it to you because I can, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. <laughs> and, and the lyrics of, of the chorus goes like this. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. And there you go, lifting my load again. And I felt this these lyrics come up and I knew that I needed to respond in that moment because I, I felt the pressing of the Holy Spirit on my life. And in that moment, I, I started singing these, these lyrics. And it wasn't necessarily just the singing of the lyrics, but it was in that moment, taking the, the anxious thoughts that I was feeling, the, the anxiety that was weighing me down and placing it under the Lordship of our sovereign God. And in that moment, I started feeling my vision returning to me, my arms and my hands and my mouth. The numbness started leaving me. And slowly and eventually, the headache left me as well. And what's so significant about this, this moment was that it was in the space that I was taking my financial pressures and, and I was in such a space of, of being anxious that I separated it from my worship. And when I separated from my worship, I started becoming ill. And it almost felt like this, this anxiety was controlling my life. But it was in that space that the Holy Spirit convicted me and called me to the love of the Father. And when we say that perfect love casts out fear, man, I can testify of that. I can, I can testify of that power. Because God's love came and he brought peace to my life. And reality is finances are not always great. But what I do have now is the peace. That no matter what happens financially or materially, God will always be there with me and he'll always look after me. And not only will he look after me, the Lord is walking a journey with me, day by day convicting me on, on becoming a better steward with my finances. So not only was I freed from the chains of anxiety and, being, and given a, a peace that surpasses all understanding, at the same time, the Holy Spirit comes and transforms my life in that area. And that's so amazing, man, because literally I thought that I needed to go to hospital. And I don't know if anyone here is in the, medic in the medical field. You can come and tell me if I was just being silly or being a little baby afterwards. Don't tell me now. Come and speak to me afterwards. But it felt re really, really real. And so I want to focus the attention on this reality that Deuteronomy 6, and if we can... Put it up. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. 
it says this, Hear, O Israel, that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And in my, in my reality, and, and it's, I, I really believe it's the reality of a fallen world. Because it's not that I intentionally was stressing about my finances. And it wasn't that I was intentionally saying, I want to be anxious today about my finances. And I just want to live in anxiety. Because I don't think anyone wakes up and says, today I'm going to be anxious. But it is a reality of life. And, and I think that in our fallenness... Because if you take it back to the, the beginning where, where Adam and Eve were with God and they were, you know, before the fall, before they, they went and ate from that tree, there was this picture of perfect unity and a completeness. And when they had fallen and when they ate of that tree, it almost seemed like their reality or the elements of their makeup started becoming scattered or, or in a sense separated. So not only were they separated from God, but the different areas and elements in their lives became separated as well. And because of this, I, I see so often that we compartmentalize the different areas of our lives. But the scripture says that God is one and that he is the only God. And we would just stop and pause for a second if we think about who God is. Yes, He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And just like Pastor Louis said this morning, because I couldn't agree more, I don't think any of us fully understand that. But the reality is this, that God is one. It's three persons in one essence. That God is not a Holy Spirit, yeah, and then the, the Son, yeah, and then the Father over, yeah, and then it doesn't make any sense because it's like, who do we pray to? Who do we go to when the scripture says, come to God? Because God is one being. He's not all over the place, but he is one God. And a lot of the times in our lives, we compartmentalize the different areas of our lives. So on Sunday, we come here, and Sunday is a place of, of worship. And maybe, you know, once or twice in the week, I will open up my Bible, and I'll, I'll pray for five or ten minutes, and, and that's my worship, because that's my spirituality. But then when it comes to the different areas of our lives, it's my finances are yeah, my, my relationships are yeah, or maybe it's my studies or my work. And, and we, place these, we, we place our lives into little, different little boxes. And then they never really come together in unity. But when Moses was writing this, he said, listen, Israel. And it can be, listen, church, listen, believers, that your God is one God. That he's the perfect picture of unity. He's the perfect picture of harmony. He's the perfect picture of a being that is completely whole. That is lacking nothing. And when we start to bring these different elements of our lives together, then we, we start to see that this is the way that God intended us to be created. That this is how God created us. This is his intention. That we wouldn't be all scattered all over the place. So tomorrow morning when you go to work, it's not just work, it's worship. Because God is one. And He is the only God. And we take a lot of confidence in that because in the time there was a lot of different gods. And even in our age now, there's so many different gods. And in some belief systems, there's multiple gods that you go to. 
And I'm just thinking to myself, imagine that. A God of comfort. A God for my finances. A God for, a God for my peace or whatever. A God for truth. Imagine how scattered we are being, constantly running around trying to figure out which God is the God of peace. Or which God is the God of security. Which God is the God that's going to shed some light on, on what truth is. We're constantly, constantly being in different places. But God is saying that I'm one God. That, that all of these things fall under my Lordship. And if you need peace, you come to me because I'm the only God. If you need security, you come to me because I'm the only God. And if you need purpose, you come to me because I'm the only God. If you need identity, you come to me because I'm the only God. And that is the point of reference for our lives because we, we live in the space where we call it the sacred and secular divide. Where it's, it's that thing. Worship is on a Sunday and the rest of my life is throughout the week. That doesn't belong to God. That belongs to me. And I lord over that. But God is calling us for something different. God is calling us for true worship. And we're just going to ask if we can put on Colossians chapter 1. And if you have your Bibles, you can go there. It's from verse 15 up until verse 20. It's in the NASB that I'll be reading. This is what the scripture says. Talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Listen to that. In, in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first, the first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Let's listen to that. That all things are going to be reconciled to Christ. And we have this reality is that we are a fallen creation, and then we accepted Jesus. But guess what? Salvation is only the beginning. Because the Holy Spirit comes into our life and, and when He comes into our life, he, he walks that journey with us so that we can start to reflect who Jesus is, that we become like Jesus so that we can come to a place where our identity is fully secured again, that we will go back to our original intention. And that, of course, is a lifelong journey. And God is saying this then. He's saying that He is the only God. And that he is one God. It's not all over the place. And that by, by Christ and through Christ, all those other elements of our lives come together. That all the things of creation come together and are reconciled through Jesus. And it's in Deuteronomy verse 5, if we can also have that 
scripture. I'm sorry, we're reading a lot of scriptures tonight. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. God is not calling us to just love Him on a Sunday or when we pray to Him during the week for five, ten minutes or whatever that looks like. Some people pray for hours and that's great. Or when you fast or read Scripture, God is not just calling you to worship Him in that. God is saying, love me with your entire being because I am only one God and I am the only God. And because I am the only God, All worship belongs to Him. You worship God with your mental being, with your emotional being, your spiritual, your physical, and all the different beings that make up who we are. And that can get really confusing if you go into all the different elements. But the reality is this, that God is calling us to bring all of ourselves to Him and before Him. Because it's when we bring all of those things to Him that the different areas or the different places that we often run to and that we compartmentalize start becoming one. And then we start to experience the unity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The different elements are not so scattered anymore and we're not so focused on one area or the other area, but we focus on who He is. Because wherever, whatever area needs addressing, the Holy Spirit is there to convict you and to lead you into truth. And when we place our lives under His Lordship, and I'm not just talking about a spiritual aspect, I'm talking about your whole entire life. That means your relationships. That, that relationship or that marriage that you feel like is not working out, And God says, come and bring it under my Lordship and love me with your marriage. God is not just saying it because I deserve it. Also, which is true, He does deserve it. But the reality is this. He's also saying that I want to be in it. I want to fill my spirit. Or I want to fill that area of your life with my spirit. So that I can bring life to it. And so that you can become a being a whole being, fully human in Christ, where we adopt the kingdom of God reality. And so I've heard so many stories of, for example, marriages. And I don't know if anyone's married in this room, but I've heard so many stories of marriages, man, that were falling apart. And when they brought that marriage to God, God saved their marriages. When I brought my finances to God, God gave me peace to overcome it peace to move forward and not be so bound by what my financial circumstances may look like. But I received the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I received this peace. And I can stand here today and I can say, no matter what my finances look like, I will be victorious in Christ Jesus. Because it's the blood of the Lamb that sets us free. And this is what God wants to do in our lives. And I wasn't really going to talk on this scripture until um, I heard Pastor Louis say it, and I thought this is a really cool scripture to, to use. And then I included it, and it's in Luke 10, verse 38 up until 42. 
And it says this. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Listen to that. Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Could you imagine what she was preparing at the time? Like bread, and then there was like maybe, I don't know, wine or whatever it was, and then maybe she was cooking like meat or something, and then she was probably running around in the kitchen, which I'm sure some of you could place yourself in when you have guests over and then it's like I'm cooking yeah and then I need to go and pour the drinks and you're just like in between the the living room and and the kitchen and it just feels crazy this is probably what was happening to Martha at the time and she came up to came up to him and said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone and tell her to help me but the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried, about, you're worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. How often do we feel in our lives where we're worried about the different areas of our lives and we, we feel so scattered and we're running around in between all these things and we're like, Lord, why aren't you carrying? And he's just like, well, why aren't you just coming to me? Because you're running around and you, you're so focused on all these things that, that are realities. But he's saying you only need to worry about the one thing. And this is where the scripture comes in, where Matthew says, uh, Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 6, verse 33, first seek the kingdom and all its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And it's interesting because the scripture, a lot of the scriptures say the kingdom of God. And a lot of the times they, they refer to the kingdom of heaven. But specifically, yeah, Jesus says, first seek the kingdom of God. And all its righteousness. And he, he, he personalized it. Because when we, when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the place of God, the will of God. And when we seek the will of God and we seek God with our entire being, all the other elements in our lives start to come into one place. And it's under his lordship. When God says, love me with your entire being, He's saying, love me with your entire being because I want to free you from the chains of all the other areas in your life. Because if it's not under his lordship, well, then we need to start asking questions. Where is it? Because if I'm not putting my, the different areas or my worries under his lordship and I'm not loving him with it, then, then does that not mean that that other area might actually start having power over my life? Does that not only also mean that perhaps the enemy is going to start using that to deceive me and to start pulling me away from God? Because in the space that I was in, so worried about my finances and feeling the, the anxiety of it, and not placing it under his lordship, was I not being distracted and being pulled away from who God is? And perhaps I was, and I, I actually think I was. And I think I got sick, sick, physically sick, because I was. And I believe that the Lord came and freed me, on it, freed me of it. And if I wasn't under its power, then why would his peace have come? 
And that's what God is saying. It's not just saying because it's a good thing or it's a great thing. He's saying it because he loves you and he cares for you and because he created you to worship him. That was the reason why he made us, so that we can worship him and enjoy him and live life to the fullest. Jesus said that I came to give life and life in abundance. Not so that you would be constantly worried about all these things. Jesus said that don't worry about tomorrow, just worry about today because it has enough troubles as it is. He gave us the grace to just worry about today. And that even in itself is an act of faith. Because when tomorrow comes, we know that we're going to rely on God to get us through that day as well. So I don't know what's going to happen with coronavirus, but guess what? Today is the day of salvation and today is the day that we focus on God. And tomorrow is going to be another day that we're going to pay attention to God, regardless of what our circumstances look like. Because when we place it under His Lordship, we get freed from its chains. And then we get the power of God to not only get freed from it, but to actually overcome it and walk as Christ did, victorious over the world. Victorious over the world. And I believe that God doesn't just want to free you of whatever areas in your life you, you, that, that you might be struggling with. I think that God wants to also give you the power, and I believe that He wants to give you the power. He doesn't just want to free you of that mental illness or whatever it might be. He wants to actually give you power to walk in victory. Because it's holding you captive and perfect love casts our fear. And he's calling us to his perfect love. It's literally like giving God our ashes and getting beauty. It's literally like taking all these different areas and saying, Lord, I'm going to bring this to you, and I'm going to receive you, I'm going to enjoy you, and I'm going to worship you. Because God came to bring life and life in abundance. And there's a, which I didn't actually, I read it last night, because I heard it, um, I think like a year ago, and I'll just have to find it, so just give me a second. So you can look at your name and say, hey, how are you doing while I'm getting this? <laughs> and it's a quote by C.S. Lewis, and it, and it says this, Imagine yourself as a living house. And this is when we now, as a living house, we give our lives to Christ. And God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. Because it's like, yeah, no, I'm giving my life to the Lord. I can see some areas, you know, perhaps this area of, you know, I don't know, lust or whatever. And you're like, okay, this is normal. And you're loving it, man, because God is renewing you. And then it says, he's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You're like, yeah, now I'm becoming, you know, a new creation in Christ. And then it says, I just need to find my place. Um, You knew that the jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised at it. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably. I don't know if I said that right. Um, Yeah. And does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. And remember in the beginning of, of when the message of that testimony, I just said that 
I was imagining what my life should look like, but then, you know, the Lord came and he, he did something different. I think that happens to all of us. It says, throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought that you were being made into a decent little cottage. Isn't that nice? But he is building a palace. And he intends to come and live in it himself. When God says, come and submit all these different areas in your life, and I can guarantee you that there's an area in every person's life right here in this room that needs submitting to the Lord. And when he's saying, come and submit all of these things under my lordship and love me with it, he's actually saying that I want to come and fill my spirit and place my being in it so that you're one step closer to being or being the representation of Christ or being made into the image of God. Because he's building a palace of, of you and he wants to live in that palace. God doesn't just want the living room. He wants the kitchen. He wants the bathroom. He wants the different rooms in your house. He wants the, the garden. He wants the whole you. Not just you on a Sunday. He wants the entire you. And there is areas in everybody's life right now that you know that needs the Lordship of Christ and that you know needs the love of God. And this is the invitation tonight is that you'll come and you'll submit these different areas under His Lordship. That you'll start loving Him with your entire being. And that thing that the Holy Spirit has been convicting you of, tonight is the night that you bring it to Him, that you surrender it to Him, and that you receive new perception, that you receive new life in it. Because Jesus came to give life and life in abundance. And he wants to be the life that flows through every area in your makeup, in your world, in your existence, your studies, your, your, your workplace, your mental health, your finances, your relationships. He wants all of it. Because it's when we place all of it in him, that we receive identity, that we receive vision and purpose and direction. When everything is scattered all over the place, we're in a space of confusion. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to manage it. But God is saying, just bring it under me. Bring it under my Lordship and love me with it. Come to me and I'll give you rest and you can learn from me. You can learn from me. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I'm coming to give you life if you'll just bring it to me and you'll receive that life if you bring it to me. You don't have to feel scared about bringing it to me. You don't have to feel insecure because I am security. I am identity. Moses said, Lord, who, who are you? And God said, I am. That's complete confidence in who he is. Complete confidence in his being. God doesn't have to explain himself. And he doesn't want you to have to explain yourself either. He doesn't want you to have to worry and wonder. But who am I? How am I going to do this thing? He's saying, bring it to me. And I'll give you perfect peace. I'll give you new perception, new insights. And I'll bring life into the very thin 
that's causing death over your existence. So just in this space, I'm going to ask if the worship guys can come to the stage. Just in this space, whatever the Holy Spirit is highlighting in your life that needs to be placed under His Lordship, whatever God is saying, come and bring it to me. I'm going to challenge you to to really bring it to Him. Don't hold back tonight. Let tonight be another area in your life that is conquered by the blood of the Lamb, that is made whole by His oneness. I'm even going to encourage you a step further. I'm going to have, we're going to have leaders here. And if there's any people on the prayer team, or I don't know if, it's, if there's any people on the, the, the prayer team or the ministry team, I'm going to ask you to just come and stand here in the front. And we want to minister to you. Because we want freedom in this place. And, and God is calling for freedom and, and for you to receive His power over that area. So come in and place it under His feet and give it over to Him. I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to ask the leaders if you guys can already start making your way up. Father, we thank you that you are a good God. We thank you that you are a God that cares and a God that wants to give us Himself entirely. And Father, I just pray that as your, your Spirit speaks to every individual here tonight, Lord, I pray that you'll give them the boldness to lay it down at your feet, to not hold back or to keep that area to themselves. But Father, I pray for freedom in everybody's life in Jesus' name. And that your Holy Spirit will go before us, help us, and bring us closer to you so that our lives are not compartmentalized, but are one under your Lordship. And I pray for this freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you guys want ministry, come and get ministry. If you just want to respond to the Lord in song, respond to the Lord in song. But don't hold that space in your life that you know God is wanting to give you freedom in. Bring it to Him tonight. Amen. Amen.